Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Daniel has a one-on-one in the back of the end zone. Climbing the ladder. And hauling it in is Thomas for the touchdown. Over the top of That is a future Bills receiver, Brian Thomas Jr. to you, Mr. Play-by-Play Man. Uh, 62 days. 62 days till we get the new wide receiver, too. Well, we'll see. It's Jody Biasi and Sal Capaccio. Jeremy White is off today. And joining us now on the West Her Hotline is Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, but also a co-host with our buddy Joe Marino on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast as well. Morning, Kyle. Thanks for taking some time out for us. Good morning. How you guys doing? Pretty good. You locked in on a free agency more so than the draft these days? I know I've seen, at least by listening to your podcast, it's been a little of both, I think, lately. Yeah. we. Um, I, I did some, some draft work kind of November, December, and then once the regular season closed, it's I've watched probably like 150 free agents to be, which has been really fun and, and kind of a different approach to off season versus what we've usually done, but kind of gives you a really great gauge on the teams individually and, and the players and how they could fit within each other's roles based on coaching continuity or projecting for coaching changes. So all kinds of different layers to just kind of split this off season into just another chapter to help get us through it as quickly as we can. Yeah, I'm gonna get to some uh, some dolphin stuff with you too, of course, because they're gonna have an interesting off season. I know Christian Wilkins has been in the news lately, but on some of the the Bills' needs and the overall off season in general, I, I heard you playing free agent matchmaker with Joe on your guys' show. I think it was last week, um, and I don't even know if we need to spoil the name here. We, you can you can tell us if you want, but do you kind of see the Bills going after somebody? In the free agent wide receiver pool, even if it's one of the, I mean, I doubt it's going to be one of the tier one guys, maybe someone that's going to be cheaper. Yeah, I know Buffalo's salary cap situation is, there's kind of some parallels to Miami where there's some restructures and extensions that are going to have to happen to get you to an operating cap. And that kind of puts you in the budget for the first wave through uh, June 1st. But I think if you look at the wide receiver types that are available, you know, guys that potentially have down years, but Maybe they're not all the way at the tail end of their career. I, I know Joe's really high on uh, the potential of Darnell Mooney from Chicago for, for Buffalo. I think that would be an excellent fit if they wanted to go with another shifty type receiver. He gets a lot of separation. There were quite a few opportunities that he had with Fields where 
either Mooney maybe just drifts up a little too far up on his route and, and they're not on the same timing, which is something for Fields with how frequently he likes to hold the ball. It's not really a strike to his game anyway. Um, but then if they want the big body type guy, and I know Gabe Davis is the outgoing free agent here, and you've, I think you guys should be really excited about Khalil Shakir and what he's kind of shown as a growth player. So if you don't want to go with that type of player and you want the Gabe Davis body type, I think DJ Chark is like a really good height, weight, speed, vertical outside receiver with some size who's going to be a pretty economically friendly player who has, frankly, played on bad offenses the last few years, so the production's been down. So you might get it for cheaper than you would otherwise. I, I think based on Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean's comments, though, Kyle, that they're probably looking more for the separator. There's, there's room for a bigger body guy. And, of course, if you lose Gabe Davis, there's no doubt about that. They use the words explosive plays when talking about adding you know, to the wide receiver group. So I think that's where you know, we're probably a little bit more focused here. How about a guy like Curtis Samuel? You know, would he fit in? He's a guy that comes from Carolina, a very familiar organization. Um, you know, even mm-hmm. you know, Joe Brady being there for a couple of years, you probably have a lot of ties that people they could talk to, people like that. I think that that's what they're looking for, maybe in free agent yeah. market and in the draft. If, if I could jump in here too before you before yeah. you go, Kyle is, and I, I want to hear you on Samuel also. Isn't Shark though? I know this was him early in his career. He was also that vertical speed threat on top of the big body. Is that still true? You think of him? Yeah, I think he can still run, and, and that's kind of what I thought of, of Gabe was a big body guy who can still play vertically down the field with good ball skills, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I do think Chark has maybe a little bit more explosiveness vertically in his game. But if you're looking for a diverse route tree, then I do think one of these shifty guys is probably the way to go. I like uh, Mooney a little bit more than Samuel just because Samuel had some scheme touches. He had his mm-hmm. big breakout in year three in that big contract that he signed in Washington with, with Eric the Enemy coming over. And some of that was facilitated by how they moved him around and had manufactured targets in the midst of they have these two uh, big-time wide receivers in Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson as the outside guys, and the production wasn't great for either one versus their their standards or their hopes for them, but Samuel was kind of the chess piece that moved around. So if you want to accommodate a player like that, I think that's the appeal for someone like Curtis Samuel is we're going to put him on the backfield, and, and we're going to get him matched up, guaranteed on a linebacker on a choice route out of the backfield. Yeah. Uh, do you want to have that overlap with James Cook? I don't know, uh, but I think Mooney's a better – all-around player where if you're looking for somebody who can be in the slot or be outside, I think Mooney's a better option, whereas Samuel, I I think he's really attractive for the ways that you can select and create mismatches for him with his versatility that I don't think I've really seen on Mooney's tape. Yeah, I think everyone seems to be pretty much in lockstep that like the Bills might only be one piece away on offense from last year to this year replacing Davis. And that's down the field. Sal mentioned explosiveness. You mentioned Chark as an idea for that. And you also mentioned Shakir. Like he really mm-hmm. were you always a Shakir stan? I feel like there's a there's a there's a group of Shakir stands that all along were this guy went way too low and there's more here than you might think. And then Kyle, he got on the field and like is it fair for us to be treating this offseason going into next year like, oh no, he's just the slot receiver and that's all there is to it? I, I think there's maybe a little bit more upside there, but you, it's such a dangerous game to play to just put all your eggs in that basket and not have some kind of a hedge. And that's why I think it's good to look for alternatives that are economically friendly, probably a one-year deal, have somebody that's going to be motivated who you think can at least push it and then let the competition sort itself out. You know, Shakir, I 
I was never on like the Stan wagon for Khalil Shakir, but I did think he was uh, an early day three fringe top 100 type of talent that I believe fell to the fifth round. And I think some of that is just a matter of, well, he's a shifty, smaller slot receiver. That skill set's not particularly difficult to find on an annual basis, so the demand isn't there for this to be a premier pick in the draft. But you get him on the field, and lo and behold, the, the dude can play. It's not a surprise if you watch him at Boise State. So um, I would just not pigeon my, myself, pigeonhole myself and say, he's going to be the inside-outside guy, the wide receiver too. Let's not ask any questions about it and just move on to the next hole on the roster. I would want to have some competition there at the very least with somebody that has a little bit more of a resume on the perimeter because I think that's where you get stuck. You look at Buffalo and their, their construction, obviously Steph Diggs, uh, the two tight ends. You've got James Cook out of the backfield. Now you have Shakir. What do you want to be? Do you want to be a 12-personnel team? Do you want to be an 11-personnel team? What kind of body type can you find that creates that ambiguity as best as you can? Is Dawson or is, is Dalton Kincaid enough ambiguity with him being a flex-type player that can play big slot and, and you could put him on the backside on, on the perimeter and run a, a multi-route combos on the front side and just have him ISOed potentially on a safety if you're going to get man coverage on the backside. Those are the kinds of questions that, that when I think about their construction and who's the right kind of piece to bring in, I would want to have a definitive answer on before I definitively said, yeah, go get this type of guy or that type of guy. You could be hosting this show every day. We talk about the same thing, 11 personnel, 12 personnel, like what you're doing, what's your identity? It was just such a concentration on 12 personnel. They get Kincaid, and then they were actually better at only going 11 personnel last year right. when they did it, and he's such a, a fabulous player. So no doubt about that. I want you to hear something. This is um, – here we go. Josh, play it. I want Kyle to hear this. Go ahead. Oh, the train horn. Okay, Kyle. So what we do here is we have a thing called the – the wide receiver train, and that is the train horn for the wide receiver train. And our morning host, host normally Jeremy White, who I'm filling in for today, uh, has coined it. So we are all pretty much aboard the wide receiver train in the draft. And uh, I know it might become, it might be free agents, but looking at the draft, let's take a look there. After what I just said about explosive players, I think that's where they'll target the wide receiver group in the draft. Who can we eliminate then? Like, who's not the guy that fits? Okay, really good. He's going to maybe have a good NFL career, but he's not what the Bills are looking for if they're looking for an explosive player in the draft out of the top guys. Yeah, I I think this is – there's guys that have explosive qualities, and they, they create – Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
explosive plays, but I'm concerned about the sustainability of how their explosive plays are created and if that's going to carry over. I think a guy who is going to have carryover is a guy like uh, the LSU wide receiver, Brian Thomas. I, I think he's somebody who works in the slot, works outside, big height, weight, speed guy, great ball skills down the field. But because he's inside-outside guy and, he, and he's worked some quick-hitting routes as well, you see a little bit more than just, okay, run on the vertical plane, extended play, or go up and make a catch. I'm a little bit more concerned about a guy like Keon Coleman out of Florida State, who is a high-weight speed type guy, but the route tree I thought for him was, was more raw, and the explosive plays that he creates is contested catches or going up on extended plays over the middle of the field out of a scramble drill. So a little bit more like what you had with Gabe Davis, I, I guess. But I think for Buffalo, they should aspire to have a more dynamic player and a player that can beat you in more ways. And I know Gabe's had some good production, but that passing offense really facilitated some of that. So I think that's kind of the line in the sand that I, that I draw is I wouldn't want a height, weight, speed guy like Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina who has a lot of manufactured touchers, had a big-time glow-up this year from a production standpoint with Spencer Rattler, but doesn't really run a lot of routes at a high level. So I'm looking for route runners just as much as I'm looking for the, the guys who have the, the physical component of explosiveness to their game. Do you agree with the sentiment that the class is as deep as you've ever seen in a receiver class and even the Bills picking as late as 28? Or even, like, it's not just them. I know the Chiefs at 32, I think everyone will probably be mocking them a receiver, at least, you know, most, I would bet, um, that there'll be guys available late first round that will suffice? Yeah, I think there's this is about the third year running now where you're looking at maybe 15 top 100 wide receivers that you feel really good about that can step in right away and play. And and all of them don't because of the situations that they're in. But uh, I think you, you have a definitive top three with Harrison, Neighbors, and Adunze. And, and then you kind of get into uh, the, the tier two, which I think is in the conversation for teams like Buffalo and Kansas City. And that's Brian Thomas. Uh, I think Troy Franklin from Oregon. Six three body that's probably going to run four four and wins down the field is another type of that player. He's not as dense as some of the other guys that we've talked about. Um, I think Lad McConkey's a, a little bit of a different body type, but if he's he, he's bigger than Shakir, and he might be the best route runner in the class, so I wouldn't be surprised if he sneaks into the top forty. So there's quality here because there's quality of the spots. You're expecting one of our quarterbacks to go early. An incredible offensive line class, particularly offensive tackle. Every team needs offensive tackles to some degree. Um, So I expect that offensive line density is going to allow probably this tier two of wide receivers to maybe get down into a run that starts at some point in the 20s. Like Joe, you got anything more on draft? We can move into the Dolphins. Yeah, I've got a question or two on the Dolphins, but yeah, I'm good on the draft. So if you, you go ahead. All right, yeah, uh, no, that's one more, on, and then Joe, you can talk about the Dolphins. Ask Kyle that because um, the other issue, the other area Bills fans are looking at is if they don't get Daquan Jones back in free agency, what can they get maybe at defensive tackle, interior defensive tackle? So I'm even think maybe first round. Bills run a penetrating type system, as you know. You know, you want a guy that um, you know Ed Oliver is kind of a perfect fit, but you need someone next to him. What would you be looking at at 28? 
I think Johnny Newton from Illinois is a really intriguing name. You wish maybe with Ed Oliver as the other name in there, he was a little bit more of a big body player. He's about 6'2", 295, 300, somewhere in that ballpark. But he's yep. the best penetrator in the class for my money. And he's uh, had a foot procedure this off season that's going to prevent him from testing at the combine. So does that result in a little bit more of a slip where you, you don't go top 20 where you, you might otherwise um, – I think Chris Jenkins from Michigan is another not overly big player, but I think there's more for for him to tap into with his game as far as being a disruption-type player. And I know that's one of the things that kind of happened with Daquan when he got to Buffalo was I've been in all these control gap-control defenses most of my career, and and now I get a chance to be disruptive and go make plays. And it's like, oh, this guy can do that and do it at a really high level. And and I think Chris Jenkins from Michigan has the opportunity to – have that kind of glow up as well uh, as far as projecting to the next level. And, and then I think there's a couple of Clemson defensive tackles. Tyler Davis is one. Rook, um, man, I, I want to get his name, last name right, or Hororo. Mm-hmm. Rook or Hororo, and I believe we were number 33 at Clemson. Uh, those guys are really, really nice day two options for penetration type defensive tackles. They're not the best consistently anchoring at the point of attack, they're lean body guys. But if you're looking for penetration, there, there's some options that I think could probably be there for you on day two if you, you miss out on the first round. A lot better on that last name than I would have done, just just saying that. <laughs> At Grinding the Tape, you can follow Kyle on Twitter there. He's the host of Locked on NFL Scouting. Check it out with Joe Marino. And also Locked on Dolphins. What is the most interesting thing to you about the Dolphins offseason? Is it... Is it the Wilkins? Will he stay or go? Or is that kind of a foregone conclusion? Is it will they pay Tua? Or I'm I'm also I'm kind of right in just bypassing anything I see about Jalen Waddle, right? Yeah. Okay. I think the fact that the fact that the fan galaxy brain and Mike Tannenbaum galaxy brain got so big that it got up to Jalen Waddle just makes me so mad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fourth-year wide receiver, he's like top 15 all-time in receiving yards through his first three career seasons. He's been behind Tyree Kill the last two years. And there's, we're, oh, trade Jalen Waddle. Yeah, okay, yeah. sure. Why not? Yeah. I right. think the, the most interesting thing for Miami this offseason is what their big investment internally is going to be. They've got two expiring contracts on the offensive line, Connor Williams and Robert Hunt. And then they have Christian Wilkins at defensive tackle. Dan Graziano goes on ESPN. I had been under the impression, based on kind of getting a sense on how far apart Wilkins and the Dolphins were on their offer, that Wilkins was just going to go. And then Dan Graziano goes on ESPN this, this week and reports, you know, the Dolphins are prepared to use the franchise tag for Christian Wilkins. And then it's like, okay, are they, they're just going to put the entire interior offensive line through the shredder and figure out a way to build that thing up. Because Robert Hunt's probably going to be the top paid guard on the open market if he gets there. And Ben Powers, who Robert Hunt's a better player than, in my opinion, got $13 million per year last year. So if you franchise tag Christian Wilkins, you're not bringing that contract back into the fray because you're presumably trying to get a long-term contract done that's going to be $20-plus million per season. Connor Williams wants to be one of the top five paid centers in football. That's the stratosphere of $11, $12 million. When he's healthy, I think he is worth that amount. But you, you just have made other commitments at other spots for who your cornerstone players are going to be that makes the math impossible for, for I think it's either Wilkins or it's take your pick of who you want to acquiesce to the contract asks for on the offensive line. And right now it sounds like it's going to be the offensive line. 
uh, that that they they build uh, build back up from the ground up on the inside. Their tackles are kind of locked in, but uh, that left guard through right guard is kind of a blank slate right now for them. And then quickly before we let you go, do you think they'll pay Tua this off season? Yeah, I think they will. Okay. Um, there seems to be motivation from both sides uh, to get a contract done. I know for this regime. Uh, it would benefit them to not have the $23 million fifth-year option uh, salary cap hit on the books. You can get a contract extension done. I think where they're going to have to sort that out is where does the base or the annual average fall? How much of it is guaranteed money? Is there any um, interest in or willingness to put incentivized money in there as far as some of the questions with to include? player availability right so I, I think all of those things are, are what they're trying to work through but from everything that i've heard uh, there seems to be an appetite on both sides for something to get locked in so that they're not potentially paying wilkins on the tag and two of the fifth year option price mm-hmm. while they're so tight against the cap in the same year all right we'll see what happens kyle Krabs locked on dolphins locked on nfl scouting thanks kyle I, i'm sure uh, no offense most bills fans will probably pick you up on nfl scouting more so than dolphins just yeah, I, I get it. No worries. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. Thanks. Thanks, guys. One of our favorites, Kyle Krabs, on the Wester Hotline, thinks they'll pay Tua. All right. We'll see. Mm-hmm. See what that contract Did you like. see, you've obviously seen the news we've been talking about all morning, Sean McDermott on the competition committee. Yes, I had that written down to get to with you. We'll uh, throw that around when we come back a little bit. And also, you know, some takeaways from what we just heard from Kyle and receiver and some of those cheaper free agent options. There's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of them, so a lot to get to. Jody Biasi, Sal Capaccio, your phone calls at 803-0550. Brian Koziel coming up at 9 o'clock. Charlie Woods, another step in his career. The son of Tiger Woods, and also we'll get to some Sabres, I'm sure, with Brian as well. All coming up, Jody Biasi, Sal Capaccio here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.